Not you know yet. why I love you, Blake? Because in your world, mayonnaise is a food group. <laughs> <laughs> like, like every time I feel bad for over applying mayonnaise, I immediately rebuke myself <laughs> with the reality that Blake considers this an actual a food. Si- a side dish. Bro, last night for dinner, we had <laughs> egg stop. salad sandwiches, which yeah. is egg salad is just half mayonnaise. Yes. I still put mayonnaise on the bread. No, you did not. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It makes me gag, bro. That actually so makes me good. never have enough, dude. Never. Never. That's like, you know, when I go through the line at Jersey Mike's, they get the little thing of mayonnaise that said light. Oh. Light. Oh, so you do get mayonnaise on your sandwich? Yeah. Just not a Did lot. Did you but do it today? Yeah. I always huh. get mayonnaise on my sandwich, but it's but, but you go. Light. I don't want a glob. Oh, like no. I don't. Like I, don't, I, don't I want it to be glob. like cream cheese on a bagel. A no, schmear. no. <laughs> Give me a schmear. Schmear's a terrible word. No, we need to make it regular. <laughs> no, it's a terrible word. Schmear is better than That's what you do glob. when you're in the line. Promise me. Ah, schmear it. And <laughs> be real aggressive about it. Do like schmear, and then put your fingers where you're showing how thick. <laughs> I'm literally no, so they put it on you're like keep going <laughs> a little bit more you're not charging extra for that it ain't like an extra meat upcharge gone <laughs> schmear it don't be bashful actually getting nauseous having this conversation are we are we planning on doing a podcast today <laughs> sorry this is my dream podcast where we just it's riff so for an hour and it's like called I love you I have friends <laughs> we're doing it <laughs> What if Here we just abandoned the Here notes and we peppered in like real things week. about love? So what do you think about affection, Lawson? We've done this. <laughs> it hurt your feelings when we did. I'm just kidding. Let's do this podcast. I think I have it all together in my brain. Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and today with me I have Don Terrell and Blake McCullough. So, Don, what are we doing today? So today... This episode is actually one of my favorites. I always love when we're discussing a topic. Provided, it hasn't even started yet, and he's like, this is one of my favorites. Provided in real life by real life, right? It just provides itself. Yeah. So what are we doing today? This is the episode titled, you ready, Charles? <laughs> he's got his pen. Built through burden and an enforcement of justice. I like this. What do you think about that? I'm just trying to... Like, I, know, uh, I know some of those words. Do you? Built, Built through burden and an enforcement of justice. So t-shirt giveaway before we begin. Bro, our word is our bond. The babysitter. I have, I have, her, the con- babysitter. I have her contact I think she followed me on Twitter it, just to yeah. put pressure on us. <laughs> she did follow you? Yeah. Lawson. What? I'm gonna this get is, people can get a glimpse I have in the address. Like what it's I have like the address. to be at an elders meeting <laughs> where there's something administrative that needs to be done. <laughs> like month after month, we check the notes. We check the notes. <laughs> check the agenda notes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm not. Deal with it. <laughs> if you have problems with my take, you can email Lawson at mercyhillob.org. Everybody when are we going to give a t-shirt? Everybody knows what I'm here for. Um... What? I, so this is what I, have, I did this I have week. The Hold size on. and the contact information. I've, or not contact, but the address. We just got to mail it. You know what I did this what week? Did you do? I mailed two T-shirts to San Antonio. Oh, uh-huh. San Antonio. We Texas. have fans in San Antonio. So you know what I said to these fans? Send us a picture wearing the T-shirts 
next to the river walk. And this person said, I'll do you one better. We'll take it in front of the Alamo. Wow. The Alamo, I'm bro. good with that. <laughs> I'm good with right? that. That's fine. He was like, that's true big Texas style. Yeah, I, I was like, like that. yeah, it is. Like it's going to be so good. That can we cool. use that as like billboard material? material? Yeah, yeah, for sure. How can we use it? That should be the thing. You have to put on the shirt and take a picture in front of a national monument. Yes, or travel <laughs> internationally only with get, it. The <laughs> only way you can get a shirt now is if you promise to go to a monument. Or you just with fly it. with no mask on and selfie. But that's normal now. <laughs> but it's kind of not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like new territory. <clears throat> So the babysitter. I told you. I'll this. give you. I'll give you. The when information. can we? Uh, when I? When we come back next week? Yeah. Is this going to have been executed? If you'll mail it, yeah. If I'll mail it, yeah. I, I thought the person lived here. They locally. live around here, but I mean, <laughs> somewhere around the, here. I, have, I mean, I'm, I do things, brother. I know you do things. So where does she work? I don't know the answer to that. She's still babysitting, dude. No, stop. stop. <laughs> so funny you know it's weird when i when she followed me i realized that she spoke at some like bsu leadership thing i went to really throwback yeah like 10 years ago shout 15 out years ago, 10 years shout ago. out interesting yeah blake anyway, has his sorry. grizzlies jersey on Drum is it a jersey or a t-shirt it's a shirtsy a <laughs> shirtsy that's what my father-in-law calls it's some new material <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so speaking of out. new materials, Lawson went shopping. <laughs> Shout out Tanger Outlet. Shout he out went to Tanger one Outlets. store as, as any typical man went would to two. do. Two stores. Totally blew his budget at one store. Can we two. guess the other store? Yeah, guess the other store. Sure. So Columbia's one that we yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm assuming the second one is Oh, what's it gonna be? I'll guess. Can I guess? Yeah. Banana Republic. All right, so let me tell you a story. Okay. I went into Banana Republic, mm-hmm. and I literally walked in the door and turned around, and I know that this might get it's me canceled, but I don't really you. care. There was a dude. Why don't, in, you, why don't you soften it? There, no. <laughs> there was a dude in there dressed like a woman, oh, and I wow. was like, I'm out. Yeah. I literally just turned around. I was like, like I'm model? not doing this. All right, so where like, did you go? Uh, Under Armour. Wow. I would have never guessed that. I was going to say the VF outlet. The VF. I don't know what that is. I don't know. It's like all Vanity of like the Fair. Wrangler. Yeah, it's like uh, all like the... Uh, yeah. That's what I was so, Blake, when you buy new clothes, before you wear them, do you wash them? Yeah, no, of course. Same. Never. I lost them. We didn't ask you. Because no, you knew all that. <laughs> <You> obviously <laughs> didn't. <laughs> Actually, this one's never... This is, this is the first, That's never? This is the I can't take it, nah, bro. someone's worn that in the dressing room. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Like Jason from Horn Eight, Lake. Dude. I don't care. <laughs> What'd you say, Jason from Horn Lake? Woo, that's so good. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. (laughs) We'll mail you a podcast (laughs) t-shirt that Lawson's worn. (laughs) Still smells slightly like his polo blue. Mm. (laughs) I love his musk. (laughs) Elon. Okay, so good. So anyways... I have to wash everything I buy. Same. No, I don't care. You Same. don't care? No. I care. So you had this last shirt on this Sunday because Beth picked it out for you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I wouldn't sweat as bad. It didn't work. <laughs> I, I didn't think you sweat as bad. No, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, the whole time I was watching, <laughs> like, to see. For the memes. He's about yeah. to lift, it, lift his arms. Let me see oh, what it yeah. looks like. Yeah. So then I posted Canadian tuxedo because he loves jeans. Lawson loves jeans. And Canadian True. tuxedo. Did you know this? Uh-uh. I didn't know what that is. It's full denim up. 
Bro, denim, denim jeans, that, no. denim shirt, and a denim jacket. Denim does not ever. You denim would sweat hat. through that. Denim, <laughs> denim never belongs above the waist. That's not true. That's a fact. Nope. I disagree. But it's interesting that you can wear all denim, but you're not supposed to wear all corduroy. You're only supposed to wear one piece of corduroy. I think that should be the general rule across the board. But we wear multiple things of like cotton. Yeah, like but I have yeah, cotton but... on. Like cotton, denim is, well, yeah, denim is the cotton. Major, the major thing that I'm trying to get over right now, I did this this morning, is mm-hmm. I, Beth bought me some, so they're like, I'm wearing khaki shorts and she brought, she bought me blue ones. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. What? I just can't. Wait, really? what? Like I put on, I put on the blue shorts and I'm like, I don't know what to put on as a shirt With now. blue? Yeah, I just can't. Anything Pretty much but everything. Black? Yeah, everything but black. And yeah. Are they dark blue? And not darker. You don't want blue and blue. But, but yeah. remember, I'm earth tone, so everything I have is Can you go white, gray. Gray? Yeah. I can do gray. Green? Like a dark, yeah. I can do a dark gray? Yeah. yeah. I just, my brain doesn't do that. That's weird. You just need to get Beth to dress you every day. Yeah. Just Same. lay your clothes out at night. All Did right. you hear what he said? He said this in his sermon last week. Pardon my sass? No. <laughs> he said as he was getting... He was preparing for the sermon hmm. that he audibly yelled I did. in his office, I did. his home office, by himself with the door shut, so loudly, the whole time I'm looking at Blake, y'all, while I say this, so loudly that Beth came in to check on him because something had registered, the yeah. amen had registered with him yeah. in sermon prep. And you know what? I leaned over to Beth on the front row on Sunday, and I said, you can tell him he can do that here. <laughs> I, I, 90% bro, like, of the all time of a sudden, you busted out charismatic at home. Bro, I had literally been <laughs> staring at Romans 11 for three months. And finally, it was like... What was the finally? What was the amen? Hosea. Oh, yeah, yeah. The children? The, the people and the mercy. The uh, whole argument of Romans 11 ends with, here's a people and here's the mercy that gets you there. And right. I'm like, oh, okay. State of mind he was in when he called me. I was like, he obviously has been doing some yelling. Because he was hoarse? He was just like jazzed. He was jazzed. Yeah. He was dynamite. But like now, now, so like there, there was really nothing in Romans that I could not give you a pretty clear position on before I started Romans, except for 11. Like that was the bit, that was the chapter that I had been wrestling with for as long as I've read to Romans. To formulate a position? Yeah, oh. and I mean, and that's a, there's like five different positions inside yeah. of Romans that are all inside the realm of orthodoxy. Right. And so it was like when it finally hit, and I was like, oh, the key to this is Hosea, and the conclusion that what he's making What did you shout? Is, I don't remember. Did you just shout? Wow. Or yes? No. Nah, I probably, I, I'm, I'm prone to a sentence. Really? Yeah, won't so it, it was it was it was probably something like what a marvelous insight. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, I, you my, can hear him say that. my immediate my immediate guess is that's it. You should record your sermon study. It would be just quiet, and, like, and actually, it would be a lot behind of singing. the scenes. Yes, Hill, BTS. it would be a lot of singing. Would it? Yeah, humming. I'm prone to sing loudly while I do sermon. That's prep. interesting. I can see that. Yeah. That's why, I, that's why I do sermon prep alone. And by alone, I mean, like, don't be in my house. Not in a coffee so shop. So, like, Thursday, yeah, Thursdays, like, 
Thursdays are normally my full sermon prep days because Death and Rowan aren't there. Thursday, he's like hydrating for Saturday. (laughs) No, Thursday. Friday, he's sleeping in. He's getting ready. He's thinking about it. And then Saturday's like, man, church is tomorrow. That is not how that works. (laughs) That's how I do it. It is not. It's not. It's not procrastination. Blake said the other day when he was preaching, it was like 1 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea what's happening. It's like it's on Sunday. So real. <laughs> it's already today. That's what I'll say outside. Yeah. It's like they're all going to be loud. gathering soon. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go up there. Thursday, but it happened though. It's happened a couple times. But Thursday, it happened. Thursday Sorry. is reading day. Thursday, and so what I do is I print out. Nah, it's just what I do on Thursday. I print out the text. Mm-hmm like quadruple spaced on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and I draw all over it and I print it out three times and do it three times. And that's just to give me basic ideas about the breakdown of the text. What am I reading? When you draw on it, like you're saying you're writing yeah, some yeah. notes. And then normally by the end of Thursday, I've read through the commentaries that I trust most. But normally at that point, I have a basic outline already done. And then Friday is the building out of the outline unless my day gets hijacked, which at this point it just does. And then Saturday is, I'm sorry, this is the only time that I can say. Lock the door. Yeah, don't. Keep out the, the devil. devil. But I do. It I was toward, thinking the same thing. I got. Light a candle. I get, there are a lot of people it. that say it's a bad practice to do sermon prep at the end of the week. I actually think that it's a bad practice to do it at the beginning of the week. Yeah, you've swayed me on Keeps it. Keeps you fresh. Yeah. Not that my opinion matters, but. I yeah. see. I see the. Method. He was always like. He was like, "Why do you do this last minute? Like, why is this not done on Monday?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Shut. well, you lose the. Yeah, yeah, you you lose the, the spark because when yeah. it's done, when it's done, it's like I have to preach this right now. Right. Yeah. 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 It's fresh. Yeah. It's baked up. So I'll finish mine at four a.m. We get a quick nap in, and then we're gonna get going. Have I, have I told you this is so relevant? Have Take I told this y'all? melatonin, go down for an hour. <laughs> I told you this Spurgeon quote of the woman who showed up to his house on Saturday night this is one of my favorite stories. This church member shows up to his house on Saturday night and says, "You know, knock, knock, knock. I need to talk to. I need to talk to Mr. Spurgeon, and Charles. Charles there? Yeah, and and he says, "I'm sorry, like." you can't meet with him right now. He's finishing up sermon prep. And she said, tell him a servant of the king is here. And uh, and so he walks back, tells Spurgeon that, and then he comes back and tells this servant of the king. Mm-hmm. He says, "He says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He said that if you're a servant of the king, you'll understand that he's busy with the master. <laughs> wow. When he was telling this story, what did you envision the doorman looking like? I was thinking he looked like Benjamin Franklin. I was thinking of... Uh, What's the dude who's Alfred in the Batman Dark Knight movies? Really? That's what oh, you. That's what's what you his name? Christopher Walken. No, no, no. I just called it. it was Julie's like, who is he in the movie? I was like, that's Jeebs. <laughs> that's his Jeebs. <laughs> like, I didn't know what else to say. That's like his doorman. <laughs> Anyways, Jeebs. All right, what's the content of this podcast? What's the content? Are you ready, Lawson? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, we have to talk about Meetup Mercy Hill, Mississippi. Is actually at. I forgot to tell last week. Those who are live on air listeners that wait for it to drop on Friday, which we have a good many of them, you're welcome to be there. It's Meet Up Mercy Hill in Mississippi at Home Place Pastures in Coma, Mississippi. It is a real live operating farm. So you just told everybody where we're going to be at a specific time. Yeah, noon on Saturday, whatever <laughs> that is. What's going to happen? You think the boogeyman's going to get You literally, us? before this podcast started, you were talking about how murderous everyone is in their own hearts. And so now you just <laughs> get this hard location. That was in our conversation. <laughs> it's not going to make it here. All right. All right. Thanks, Lawson. You're welcome. <laughs> you always bring such weight.
So with that, gentlemen, let's see if we've got the calm after the storm. Okay. There's a big debate about this. I appreciate that one. Yeah. It's, you know, in our common vernacular, the idiom is most used as calm before the storm. Hmm. But oh, the calm at, and calm before the storm actually finds its place in maritime, hmm. meaning when sailors oh, wow. could always sense the stillness of the sea mm. and the it. winds, that there would be <clears throat> calm before the storm. Yeah. I think the most applicable interpretation of the NM for today using calm after the storm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that what did the storm teach you and did it build you? Did you learn something from it? You're looking at me with a blank stare, Lawson, like that's not resonating with you. You're talking about the storm from two weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. Left me with a broken fence. And a busted gas pipe. And a fallen tree. So, Have you fixed your fence yet? I haven't gotten a quote back yet. He won't send it to me. Bro, build a fence. All right. Next. So, enforcing justice, is it a good work? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking podcast. of Hebrews. Yeah, let's wrap it. I got a verse. Uh, Hebrews. Hebrews. It's 11. Hebrews 11. You would think my Bible would just automatically open. To Hebrews or, to Hebrews. or Exodus? Um, oh, here it is. It's Hebrews 11, <laughs> 33. Uh, I'll start at 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to fight. So I've always focused in on that. Two words, who enforce justice. Mm-hmm. And so this week, like, a uh, dear brother of mine was living in community, you know, as the church should do. And I was thinking about, like, how the church is often, our relationships, even our relationships with the Lord, are, like, built up through burden. Like, that we carry, you know what I'm saying, that we carry Galatians each other. one. Yeah. Which is what? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah, bro. Mm. So I really got to live experience that where what the Lord has blessed me with, with, with like, I would say my God given skill set, which yeah. is wheeling and dealing. Yeah, financial stuff. Yeah. I had a dear wheeling brother that was kind of in a, in a pinch with a certain situation. And so he called me and we kind of broke the whole thing down. And, it was a it was a situation where this individual um, had to get like real, had to get yeah. like real, legit, like after truth, concerned about the end results, and I guess maybe stern, like you know what I'm saying, like to be, you know, I think the other idiom that we sometimes use is to to have a backbone in the situation, yeah, you know, have and a spine, I, yeah, and I think like sometimes like as Christians. That that feels, I don't know. Like I think we're we trained for that to feel bad. Yeah. So his spouse was asking him, had asked him once, "How are you glorifying God in this?" A right? great question. To Which ask. is a great question to ask. And so, like the that question was was posed to me, and I said, 
I said enforcing justice is a good work. And I think sometimes like enforcing justice in your own personal situation can feel self-serving. Mm-hmm. But yet like you're serving essentially what Galatians just said, like you're serving the law of Christ, which mm-hmm. is contending for an objective truth. Yeah. So I brought all this to Lawson and was like, hey, I think we have like a great podcast idea. We'll try to talk through it. And then I went on a 30 minute rant. Yeah. And I said, well, we probably should have just saved that and recorded that. <laughs> but he brought up a good point. He was like, yeah, the interesting verse is what do we do in when the Bible brings to light the uh, verse around... Turn the other cheek? No, 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 not turn the other cheek. The, Plus, uh, the meek? No. Oh, the, t- when you, with joy, you took the... Uh, oh, the like, plundering of your yeah, property. The yeah, the plundering of your yeah, property. So, on, yeah. so anyways, let's, let's push that out before we get there. So why is like enforcing justice... Do you think that Hebrews 11 in that verse, like enforcing justice, what do you think the interpretive... Historical hermeneutic is there. Will you read it again for me? Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, Hebrews 11.32, and it says, And what what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, putting foreign armies to flight. Yeah, they were they were honored for the fact that they enforced justice. If I could introduce maybe another verse, one okay. that is used regularly, but I think often um, not appropriately. Um, if I can find the verse that I was just talking about real quick, sorry. Micah, uh, Micah 6, 8. Um, he has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Mm. And, you know, kindness or mercy or the ways that that's most regularly interpreted, that second part. But there is a real sense in which we are to do mer- do justice. Mm. And to do justice, I think, is to uphold justice. And sometimes, I mean, you, when you and I were talking about it, sometimes that is often perceived as ugly <clears throat> mm-hmm. to the world. Like the world will look at us say, no, 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 that's injustice, and there needs to be a reaction to that, and that will be perceived. I think <coughs> some, I think some people's understanding of meekness is just be a coward, mm. and that's just not reality. Like if you, if you, if you're called, if if you're a Christian and you see something, uh, let's take this. There was an illust- there was an illustration not too long ago of, um, sorry, this is somewhat graphic, but a woman was being raped in public mm. and people are walking by filming this. Mm, that's right. I remember that. And, and my immediate thought is not, not a single one of those men mm. who were holding their phones, videoing this better be a Christian mm. right. because Christians in this particular are commanded to intervene mm. and they have, they have acted ungodly. Mm. And if they're violent to protect her, mm. good. Mm. Right. Mm. There's, there's an appropriate time where justice, <clears throat> justice arms a man. Mm. And so, yeah, in this particular situation, I don't want to be, I don't, I mean, I, I think we can give kind of just the generality of it. Sure. Was there was a, an agent, uh, an agent who in, in a commercial, excuse me, in a, in a transaction yeah. that was, I think, acting um, unethically mm-hmm. and uh, misrepresented the item for sale uh, such to a degree that it was almost a bait and switch. And as we began to investigate how the item was presented, right, with all of its features, Mm -hmm. and then when it came time to actually move forward 
to take possession, right, and and trade, right, uh, cash for good. Yeah. Uh, it was discovered that there were major errors here. And so actually the consumer in this perspective is actually protected by law. Yeah. And there were several things that being astute oh. and being a student of the law, like you had to know to be able to be a personal advocate for yourself in the situation mm. and not being maybe an expert in all of the features of this transaction. I was brought in and we really investigated it. And I was like, hey, let's let's take this action, but it's gonna it's gonna involve standing up and saying, I demand these things so that we can execute uh, and cancel the contract, you know. And the whole time, like, you know, I was asking, you know, going back to answering the question is as I'm standing up, right, and calling yeah. this person essentially to the carpet yeah. and saying, This is what you've done to me. Yeah. I demand that that we change course of action. Yeah. That this is rectified immediately and that we go our separate ways, yeah. right? Yeah. And that I, I face no penalty. Yeah. And that my reputation is not sullied in the matter yeah. neither, right? Yeah. And so um I had sent that verse, uh, Hebrews eleven thirty three, about enforcing justice, yeah. you know, just as a biblical category. Yeah. And I said, uh, the individual replied back, is that a earthly justice or spiritual? In the meantime, I had text 1 Peter 2.12, which says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so yeah. that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. I said, does this experience have only earthly implications or spiritual? And he says, I would say they are directly related. I said, is it ever one or the other? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like no, like these these spheres of our lives are, you know, saying like they're not they're not they're not compartmentalized, yeah. you yeah. know, like so I think like when we get into a situation like this, like thinking about like okay, well, buying something, right? Like yeah. that's so earthly, like that has no spiritual reality, but actually, like it's 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 filled with that, like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's filled with that. You just had an aha moment. Well, I was thinking about the the legal concept of. You know, someone's done something that is illegal. Mm. How? What's the Christian response? Because I mean, I think that the number one thing that comes into people's minds is they're being done wrong. Mm. And there is that verse in Hebrews that is important to to not. You know, let's not forget it that there is there likely will become a time where Christians their goods will be plundered, and there mm-hmm. will be time for you to mm-hmm. turn the other cheek, and there will mm-hmm. be time when someone asks takes your cloak, takes their cloak, give them your your jacket also. But you know, it is interesting that the apostle Paul, as he is being flogged, cites his Roman citizenship. Yeah. Mm. And he says, oh, you can, you can just flog a Roman citizen without, without trial. Mm. And immediately what happens, they all, well, many of the panic that they've mm-hmm. just flogged a Roman citizen. And so we're not in error to use the laws that, that are set up in our, in our land mm. for our own protection mm-hmm. and for the protection of others. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like, I, I think I think there has been maybe a misunderstanding of turn the other cheek to such a degree that now it means, hey, if someone if someone steals a hundred thousand dollars from you, then just just you know write them a check for two, and I don't for two hundred thousand. Mm. I, I, that's not what's being communicated there. There mm. are going to be points in the Christian in the Christian's life, and I mean, I think about brothers and sisters right now who are in a place where laws will not protect them, mm. right? And so we think about the Christians that are in China right now. They're they're they are enduring the plundering of their good, mm. and their only recourse for that, if they were to enact any, would be would be just straight violence. Mm. But instead, 
they are enduring the plundering of their property mm. and they're doing so with joy. And mm. that's an appropriate route. But I think that we would be fools not to use the laws of the land to protect ourselves up until the point where we must endure the plundering of our property. And so like that, that meekness concept does not mean, you know, lay there and take a beating. Mm -hmm. I just, that's not what it means. So the first house I ever bought, we owned it for like nine months (laughs) and we lived in a city that we didn't want to live in anymore. And uh, Julie looked at me one day and said, uh, you can stay here, but I'm not. (laughs) So I looked down at my left hand. I'm like, I'm married. So we packed up and we moved. Well, we owned that house for, uh, we lived there maybe nine months and I owned it for probably another 18. Oof. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I have experienced paying a premium for a home. Yeah. And then, and then regretting that purchase, feeling as if it was misrepresented mm. and living through that in such a way. Yeah. Where I had to, I don't mind sharing this, like I had to 18 months later um, bring $18,000 to the closing table mm. to get out of the home. Ouch. And that has a lasting financial impact, yeah. both like on yourself, fiscally speaking, yeah. you know, but also like, even though like all of the things I do, like from a, from a daily perspective, like what I do in my day job, yeah, you know, like it makes me that much more of an advocate for people entering into major transactions yeah. in their life with quote unquote eyes wide open, knowing exactly and paying a fair price, knowing that if the time comes for them to sell that asset, yeah, that they can, they can sell it for what it can market for, you know? And so I had always during that season of my life, you know, had kind of gone back to that verse over and over that the, and I don't, I don't want to take this and, and, and take it out of the context of the Bible, but I, and I don't think I'm doing that, but it's like the, the present sufferings, right? Like these things that we go through, like this discipline of the Lord, maybe that's a better verse, yeah. like the discipline of the Lord, like it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness, yeah. right? There's, there's a reason why that you go through these things. And so it's not, it's not for, it may, it may feel at the moment, yeah. like it's not for naught, but you know, here you fast forward you know, 22 years later yeah, and, you know, working with a, a brother in Christ who at this time is at the age I was yeah. when that, when I learned that tough <laughs> yeah, lesson, yeah. it really brought it home where, you know, after all of this was done, like, like my family and his family had, had spent so much time yeah, together, wrestling through stuff together, wrestling through stuff together you know that meme about like, did we just become best friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's yeah. what captures yeah. it. And it's so yeah. hard. Like, now I find myself every day, like, you know, like just checking in and texting. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's like, and we're fellow members of the same church. Yeah. And like, I loved, I loved them and I loved him specifically yeah. before these events. Yeah. But it's like, had we not gone through this, mm-hmm. like, I don't believe our relationship would be where it is today it wouldn't. had it not been for that, yeah. right? And so it's like, immediately it hit me, like, how often do we grow closer to the Lord, right? Yeah. Through burden. Yep. And mm-hmm. how how does he build his church, you know, through through burden? And it's like, I just, you know, almost like step back and say, like, Seemingly, sometimes it seems like I don't understand why we experience any peace or tranquility, you know, really, <laughs> yeah. when it becomes like, 
you know, going through the moments of these crucible, these big crucible moments, it was like, I don't know, it was such a sweet moment where I was, uh, when we got to the end of this event in his life and it was, uh, the contract was able to be broke clean and there was no ramifications and, and we quote, we won and, and it was all said and done. Yeah. This individual cried. Like when, mm. when he got the news, yeah. like so ecstatically happy yeah. that this had absolutely worked out in his favor, in their favor. And there was no, there was no consequences, yeah. but it's just like the fruit of that moment. Like, you know how we, like how we through burden grow closer to Christ and closer mm-hmm. to his people. I don't, you know, y'all I just, I don't know that I had, I don't know that I had really experienced that before in, that's something new for me. You know, like mm. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like to be close yeah. with someone within the Christian community mm-hmm. and be able to go through something together where, and I, and I know this is real for other people. People yeah. have, you know, uh, wept next to bedsides, yeah. you know, sickness, you know, uh, the birthing of a baby, you know, all of this. And I just think like, it's worth highlighting. You know what I'm saying? It's worth highlighting. It's yeah. worth highlighting the travels that we travel together and bearing one another's burdens that even those things that we sometimes may think that we're going through individually and there's mm-hmm. no purpose behind them, it may be 22 years later, mm-hmm. but God has definitely a purpose. And we may not even know that purpose this side of eternity, you know, but it just mm-hmm. makes me think like how often does life come at us so fast as, as like one big, huge storm. And yet like we don't ever pause and take account for like the purpose of the Lord and just, re- you know what I'm saying? Just rest in, in his providence and his goodness and his grace. Uh, so second Corinthians six, Second Corinthians one six. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort mm-hmm. and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Mm-hmm. And there is a very real sense that we participate. And and I want to come back. Don't let me forget a vulnerability, okay? But there's a very real sense that any time that we endure something, there should be an expectation that what we have endured will be used for someone else's comfort. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can think of my own life, and, and even in the first year year of Mercy Hill's existence, uh, you know, sorry, I had cancer when I was a child, um, and <laughs> but but when. We're laughing. I know. At, like. at this point, it's just a it's just a meme. Um, pardon my suffering. Um, oh my the, uh, gosh. The, I'm kidding. But the uh, but I remember getting a phone call one night, and uh, and the phone call was why why is it that when it gets dark, like literally the time change is what we were working through, and this was mm-hmm. 2018, 2017, and she's like, why is this more difficult? And I said, I don't know, but it has been for me ever since I was diagnosed. When the time changes and it gets dark, anxiety sets in a bit mm-hmm. earlier. I think about those things more prevalently. I have no clue why. But even then, like that was something that the Lord did in me when I was 10, mm-hmm. right? And so it's 20 years later, I guess at this point, you know, 15 years later. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm able to use the suffering that I went mm-hmm. through to comfort. And if sometimes the comfort is, hey, I've been here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'll sit here with you mm-hmm. and be able to say, like, I don't know why, but I experience it too. And just, just know, and sometimes it's, no, you're not alone here. Mm. And, um, and so there's so much of, of the way in which we comfort that is, that is pre-prepared, right? It's like, 
I, I learned how to comfort in that in a time when I could care less about comforting somebody else, mm-hmm. right? It was about me. For selfishly, it was about me at the time. But, you know, and, and there's a number of other things. You know, I think about any type of trial, any type of affliction, no matter how great or small, I think we should be, as Christians, prepared to take that which we have endured and and comfort someone else with it, mm. right? If we're not doing that, then I think that we are we are not using our suffering well. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, this particular moment came from really idle time. Yeah. Um, I, I retraced my steps on, like, how all this came about, and it was like, um, Julie was out um, one night. I was home alone. Mm-hmm. I'd found out that this individual was home alone, too, so I just texted and reached out and was like, hey... Let me grill you a steak. And hey. so, yeah, like, who can turn down a steak, right? Not me. So it's like, we ate steak, and that night it was like, so how are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like a pointed question like that. We were just sitting around talking, and all of a sudden, like, all of these concerns came yeah. spilling out, right? Yeah. I find myself in the midst of this situation, and what is it that you think? And so I was just, you know, was listening, yeah. and so we began to put a plan together, just some checks and balances. Hey, yeah. when this, when you get here in this moment within this timeline, let's pull up, let's talk again, let's take a look at a couple yeah. of things. Um, but it made me, you know, really look back at that and say it was spur of the moment, right? It's availing, it's availing yourself to others within your midst, right? Yeah. Sharing, sharing your hospitality, mm-hmm. right? And placing yourself in a vulnerable situation, yeah. right, where it's like. You know, I could have vegged out on the, the I'm a man. <laughs> you know, it's like, Are you? I would love to veg out any moment yeah. and just be alone yeah. and not talk. Yeah. You know, did you see the meme where you need to understand men, men don't want to be alone, but they want to be by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. That's good. Okay. But it made me stop and think like, you know, just making, you know, availing yourself, right? Yeah. And then taking advantage, right, of certain uh, opportune times. And then watching the Lord in his own good providence mm-hmm. orchestrate these things for our good and his glory. Yeah. And it made me really think about the age difference here because there is probably about a 20-something yeah. year age difference that we're talking about between parties. Do you think, like, when, when we look at Titus and we look at older women and younger younger women and older men and younger men, I mean, definitely it takes time to 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 learn the Scriptures, right? It says yeah. that that person that's not an elder right, it should should not be placed into you know to an elder's role soon right that there should be time but it made me think like you know i I know we think about that in terms of like doctrinal truth right just pure biblical doctrine yeah but it also made me think about just the scripture that you read that scripture in second corinthians about how we have gained right the discipline of the lord yeah his teachings right that we can come alongside one and sh- and share their burden, share their suffering, yeah, and and do so in a way where it is like that that Titus model, yeah. Like what is like what's your what y'all's take on? Like I think so often I've looked at Titus, and I do think like first matters of importance is like yes we want to we want to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and and have, but and even it be with, the scriptures you know. But even with this individual, because I obviously know more with this individual, you, you did the first part of this. Like you participated in the first part of of, of doctrine first with yeah, this individual years yeah. ago, yeah. And so, like, I think that's that's important. Um, but 
I'm just going to kind of read it, and that yeah, way we can kind of yeah. have a bearing. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love, and in steadfastness. Again, steadfastness, spine. <laughs> older, older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young woman, the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working mm-hmm. at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God might not be reviled. It goes on to speak of younger younger men, be self-controlled, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may, uh, so that no opponent may be able to put you to shame, have nothing evil to say about us. Um, yeah, I, I think Titus 2, I think the first order of Titus 2 is making sure that the people that you are ministering to understand the gospel they understand doctrinal realities, but it works itself out past that. Mm. And so, like, there are there's a very real sense in which, I mean, where that, like, I think of the the older the older women specifically. Mm-hmm. It's just so there's a really explicit statement there to teach the younger women to love. To respect her husband and love her children. Yeah, that's like home-based ministry. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it just clearly lays out, like, these are two things that need to be taught, need to be discipled into people. Mm. And that's really interesting because, I mean, I, I talk, you and I, I mean, we, we've all talked about this. One of our biggest issues, and, I mean, I, I have no problem saying this live, <laughs> but one of our biggest issues with men is work hard, love your family, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. those are big measures that we use. If there are two things that I'm looking for in a man's life, like, I, do I want him to understand the yeah, gospel? head, heart, and hands. Yeah, first first yeah. order, I want you to believe the gospel. Right. Second, love your family and go to work. Right. Um, and same thing with women. I want you to understand the gospel. I want you to understand doctrinal things. I don't think there's a single doctrine in Scripture that's off the table for women. Every member of the body of Christ needs to know and understand doctrine, top mm-hmm. to bottom. Mm-hmm. But then, but then there is seems to be a, a divergence there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, where men are teaching men and women are teaching women, and um, and so all that to say, uh, that's done intimately. Mm-hmm. Like that's like you not having, or and this goes far past that, but you develop investing time and energy into this individual, and then you know the stake and vulnerability there, like that's what leads to that depth of conversation. Mm-hmm. But but there's still other things that have to be at play for them to for him to trust you to that degree. Mm. Like we're not, I mean, this is, this is big first order stuff. Mm. And mm. to be able to trust somebody to that degree is, that's a lot. Mm. And I, I, I'm not so sure part of, part of the Titus two model I'm convinced that is overlooked is younger men and younger women, women being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to say, I need help. Mm. Mm. I need help. And, and I, I watch, I watch young men and young women flounder, flounder, and, and, and it could all be solved with, can you help me? Mm. And, and I mean, you know, if you're, sorry, I'm going to make a pastoral plea. If you're listening to this and you're a young woman or a young man and you're floundering, you're trying to figure out marriage, you're trying to figure out work, you're trying to figure out how to have kids, raise them, whatever it may be. Yeah, bring your burdens into community. And, and you're not yeah. availing yourself to the community. Mm. You, are, you are doing a great disservice against mm. yourself. Mm. Um, and to the others in the community. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can't because that's what I would. Burns if you don't know what they are. Yeah, mm. that's what I selfishly would have missed out on. You would have. Yeah. At the end, when we got through all of this, at the end, I, I was like, I was hype. <laughs> like I was like hashtag winning. 
We sought justice. Yeah. We used the law. Yeah. Accordingly. Lawfully. Lawfully. Yep. Uh, we went to war. We did so <laughs> yep. with respect. Yep. And we did valiant work. Yep. And to the glory of God yep. and to the good of him and his home. Yep. And to demonstrate that that work was a loving demonstration to his wife. Yep, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like mm-hmm. to to know that he cherished being a steward yep. and wanted to steward according to the Lord and yep. how he's laid out. And then in the end, when we got through it all, I mean, bro, it was a landmine situation. And yeah. like, we got through it. Yeah. And the whole time, like, bro, we're going to make it. We're yeah. making it. We're going to make it. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. getting there. Just yeah. trust me. Like, And I said I said to them, you know, it's like when, when little kids play a certain sport and they don't know that the lead is so big that the game's out of reach and yeah. like they don't know when to celebrate, like that's what that's how y'all are right now. Yeah. Y'all need to be celebrating yeah. because I realize you just don't know that you're yeah, there, yeah. but we're there. Yeah. But then it was like all of a sudden we got closure, it was done. Yeah. Like it was over. Yeah. And they, they both remarked to each other that they felt like I was as hype. As, as they were, as they were. This, so this is this is. Classic. And I was like, bro, I am. Yeah, like, this, I mean, bro, we yeah. won. Like, yeah. we came out yeah. gleaming. Like, God is good. Like, yeah. look at this, bro. Like, you didn't have to learn the tough lesson. Yeah. And I got to rejoice in sparing them. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know, going to war together yeah. and crying together yeah. and rejoicing together and carrying the burden together. And then on the other side mm. of that, like, the the great fruit of that, yeah, is rejoicing the mm-hmm. victory. And living on the other side of that, yeah. But having having a a dear brother and a dear sister, yeah, knit closer. You yep. know, what I'm saying that I never even thought yep. like it was possible. Yep. And the, the one thing I'd add here, because you caught you caught a big W. Sometimes you catch fat L's together. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And and so like I'll never forget the day where. Um, but I, but I think can I just pause yeah, and say sure. like I think sure. here like. Like there's something that's awkward in this situation to go about enforcing justice and be people of yeah. backbone and stature yeah. that seems like it the default for the Christian should have been to take the L. Yeah, and I think that's so like that's the area. And there are times where uh, we were talking. I think if I'm I'm trying to remember my rant because you sent me on one. I don't remember what it was. It was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, this is where we wanted to get. Yeah, we wanted to but, camp out. But and I wanted, like people need to stand up. Yeah, because <laughs> because I, let's go let's go to doctrine. Let's use doctrine for a minute. Okay. One thing that we need to understand is the people that cause discord are the people that are breaking the law or teaching things that are untrue. Right. So inside of this, inside the civil magistrate, inside of society, the person who's lying is the one that has caused discord, right? right? Yeah. The person who's holding to what is true and demanding truth be upheld <laughs> is not, not the rebel rouser. Is not causing discord. <laughs> They're demanding justice, right? And it's like, if you flip the script here, and this is, you know, you see someone who is impoverished being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. and you do nothing, you're unjust, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the very same way, if you see someone who is, you know, inside of our congregation, for instance, who has been wronged, and you have the ability to say to them, "Hey, lawfully, they're outside of they're outside the the bounds here, mm-hmm. and we can we can go to war on this. Do so." And there is a way, and I think I would even say that this was done that it was done peaceably. Did mm-hmm. you offend two people? Oh, yeah, you did because you caught them in their sin. Right, like catching someone in their sin and demanding there be accountability is not you acting ungodly. I would right. argue that it's you acting in a godly fashion. There may be a time where you do that, and you catch the L anyway, 
and you swallow it. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know what? I, mm-hmm. I, I did what I was called to do. I, did, I caught the L here, and there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do about it, but I was mm-hmm. faithful. And there's a way to do it in an ungodly way. Absolutely. Which just completely ruins the yeah, joy that you feel in the way. Yeah. All of yeah. that, yeah. Which is, which is yeah. <clears throat> the So I think placing this inside of somewhere that we would perhaps all of everybody who would listen to this will agree is there are also times, and, and I think this is where we, we really have missed it, where we think that if I'm espousing something that's true biblically and someone comes in and says, that's not true biblically, that they come in laying out and arguing for a false doctrine, mm. that the person who's holding the line is the one that's sowing discord. The Bible does not understand it that way. Mm. It's always the false teacher who is condemned, mm-hmm. not the one who's holding the line. Mm. And so what we have to be able to do, and this is where I think we've really lost our spine a lot, is we just, like, I'm, I can agree to disagree. We have dogma, doctrine, discussion, but, but there are things we don't disagree on, and I'm going to hold the line. And at the end of the day, if, if, you're, if you're wrong, if you are outside the bounds of Orthodox Christianity, mm. then I'm not the one who started the discord. Right. You are, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm simply holding to that which was revealed. Just mm-hmm. defining terms. Yeah, and... And that's something that I, I see that happen probably more so than anything else today in our be kind culture. And, and I'm all for act godly, be honorable, be faithful. But just to be honest with you, the way that the world defines kindness today, I'm not so sure is a biblical understanding of it. Kindness often is, hey, dear sister, you need to repent of that. Mm. Mm. Right? The world there is there is no there is no world that we live in currently that has kindness and repentance in the very same sentence. Mm. But biblically, the kindness of God leads us to repentance, mm. and so you know that's something we just upholding justice is not it it is not you sowing discord. Going back to this illustration, one of the other things I said in that is imagine how many people have endured these individuals' evils. Mm. And they just hit a wall. Mm-hmm. And they should have hit a wall. I think the funniest part of this is they asked, they asked this individual, who's your counselor? <laughs> who's counseling you here? Because they had just been taking it. They had been taking advantage of so many people. And at the end of the day. Yeah, they could, they could, uh, I think they could uh, tell a marked difference. Yeah. Somewhere along the communication <laughs> transaction. Well, that I, it totally changed. Yeah. And the response was, you know, essentially from yeah. this third party yeah. to our connection was, Okay, something's changed here. Yep, and it's yep. not you. You didn't acquire. You didn't all, all of a sudden get all this information. Defense, yeah, 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 based on yeah. facts. Yeah, who, who's talking to you? Yeah, but like I remember, mm. like it, there are times where we have other people step in to protect us, and that's just reasonable. I mean, I've had. I mean, Don, I've had you step in to protect me financially two or three times um, with with things that I had agreed to in the past with my own personal fine. Like, I, like I use members of the local church to help me. Because I need help, yeah. And this is true. This is true for everybody, and and so yeah. I mean, there's just there's a point where you step in and you uphold justice, and in doing so, you're likely preventing further injustice down the road. So I think like this is where like the scriptures do speak about justice, and like the word justice has been hijacked. Yeah, we're not going to hijack it. We're going to leave it where it is. So what do you like? Like, what do you think, what do you, how do you think the world, like, just like the world's perverted truth and perverted kind and all of those things, like, how is justice, like, because we're having a whole discussion about, about justice, 
And I think a lot of times, you know, if, if you just, if you don't define justice appropriately, then, you know, uh, someone who will remain unnamed sent a text, the world is always talking about justice this and justice that, excuse me, justice this and justice that, but it's not biblical justice. Uh, so what do you think about this? Like in this sense, like I think what we contended for was an absolute objective. Justice. Justice. Yeah, yeah. And but, like we enforced that mm-hmm. and we walked away protected by it. Yeah, so here's a simple way to tell if it's justice. Is it, is it, is it applied unilaterally? Right? So the way that I would, so I, I'm thinking of, of Israel here, Deuteronomy 16, and, I, and I'll preface it, but Deuteronomy is laying out the laws of Israel. And one of the things that um, Moses is careful to do is he gives no exemptions for justice. Mm. He says, you will not default to the rich. You will not default to the poor. You will not default to the alien. You will not default to the masses. Mm. And so he literally hits basically the all every, every way that we're prone to pervert justice, mm. he hits it. Mm. And then he concludes it in Deuteronomy 16, 20 by saying this, um, justice and only justice you shall follow that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And so when we're understanding justice, justice is like, it is the opposite of perversion. It's, it's a, it's a clear application. It is a, it is a, a, I would almost argue that there is precision in justice. It does not bend based upon the individual that it's considering. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I even go back, you know, I'm, I'm, my dad's an attorney. I remember looking at lady justice and having my dad, like, I was like, why is she blindfolded? What, what does all mm-hmm. this mean? And I remember hearing my dad kind of talk through this and the, the whole concept of the blindfold of Lady Justice is she's blind to the individual. It's she's considering the law itself and the individual and if it has been broken. And so in that sense, if the law shifts, this mm. is critical theory in general, if the law shifts based upon the individual who is being considered, then we must say that it is not justice. Mm. It is being perverted in some manner. Mm. Now, this goes for, you know, the way that I think that I always saw justice being perverted, especially on like TV shows and things like that. And I mean, even, I mean, I certainly see this play out in real life and I'm not gonna pretend like there's not perversions of justice, but one of the ways that I see it play out often is like, oh, justice respects green more mm-hmm. than anything else. Like if you have money, then mm-hmm. then you might be able to get by or, you know, but I mean, in our day, the perversion of justice goes really either way. And what we have to be is stalwart in our understanding of justice and the application of justice. I don't care who is on who who is on the defense. If if it's very clear cut that this person has broken the law, has trespassed um the in this particular case the civil magistrate, then mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't care who they are. They mm-hmm. need to be they need justice needs to be served. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only way that you can actually have a society that will that will flourish. So what do you think like in the context of and you took the plundering of your things with oh, yeah. joy i believe yeah so like it seems it seems there that like in my opinion i want to get y'all's take on it it seems there that that the christian contextually like in that moment in history had lost the ability to appeal to lawfully appeal yeah to lawfully appeal and so like we've often been asked like civil disobedience you know especially under you know just coming out of the pandemic and you know, uh, what is, what are rules, what are laws, what do we need to adhere to, you know, and so in this case, it's like, 
what do we use to contend for justice, for the enforcement of justice, then I would say in the case that we're working through, that we live through, it was an objective standard of law, written civil law. And we could, we could use those things to protect, you know, to protect all parties, really. And that's the thing. That's the thing. It even protected the one who was, the one who was doing the wrong. Yeah. Because it could have been way worse for them. Yes, like had it all carried itself out, like after the fact, like could have been criminal. Yeah. And so therefore it was uh, in a sense, in in a temporal sense, like it it was restraining evil, but also providing good. And so I think like there in my mind, like it seems like when when you look into the scriptures and it's like they took their plundering of their goods with joy, it seems like the civil magistrate had had turned against mm-hmm. the people and had thrown the law out. And you and you have no other recourse, right? Yeah, other than to trust in the sovereignty and providence of God. Blake's blinking and thinking. I'm thinking about Matthew ten because I feel like we we're kind of dancing around all of this, and that Jesus says he's sending the disciples out and he's telling them to be wise as serpent, innocent as doves, and sending your sheep in the midst of wolves. And like, there's a point where like it is up to your wisdom. It's like he ends up saying like they're going to drag you before courts, and mm. like the Lord will tell you what to say. But he's like, sometimes you just need to flee <laughs> to the next mm-hmm. town and try again. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. I think there's, as we think about these things, there are times when, yeah, we're at this moment where it is valiant to fight and to stand up for for justice and righteousness, and then sometimes you have no other choice but to move on and like try to pick up the pieces. Yeah. You know? So I text, um, kind of thinking back on this conversation that I was having. It's, I said, are you holding to, are you holding, uh, an account to the objective standard of good? Like, is that what we're, is yeah. that what we're like appealing yeah. for? And, um, it was like, you know, talking about, you know, back and forth. What, what do we, what do we think their motivation was, right? Like, why would they, why would they misrepresent? Why would they do these things? And I was like, you know, what was their motivation? You yeah. know, I think we could be like, well, you can't in absolute speak on of course what their not. motivation is, but we could, we could perhaps try and discern, right? Yeah. And so being discerning, it was like, <clears throat> I think it's probably greed, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, is greed good or evil? And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, definitely it's evil. And I and I said, I think the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly. <laughs> um, I said, and I quoted Hebrews five fourteen. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So it made me think of that parable that you, or just the words mm-hmm. of Jesus. You know, when he sends an out, it's like I think they're in the midst of that whole situation. Like he's laying out that we have to be discerning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Yeah. be wise and know, know when to flee, know when to contend. But I think by and large, like, I don't know. Sometimes like, I think what comes naturally, like to the human is a disposition of, I don't know, laziness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to fight. Yeah, I just want peace, and I want peace at all costs. Well, yeah. I, to me, like peace can be idolatry. Yeah, I'm, I've had I've had a number of conversations. <laughs> the world was at peace when they were uh, working together to build that tower of Babel. Ooh, I mean, they, <laughs> might need to break out that. There wasn't any discord. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's top tier hot. That's yeah, top bro. tier hot take. Top tier yeah. hot take right that's there. That's perfect harmony. Yeah, yeah, in the world. 
That'd be, that's big idolatry. Yeah. <laughs> the um, I mean, I, I think there are times where I mean, Blake, you hadn't said much today. That so right? I, there. I, con- y'all, no, I that feel like enough. y'all had context that I was just kind of <laughs> yeah. like. This but you, is a good you conversation swung over I'm the fence. To right that was now. enough. That was sufficient. <laughs> you, so you, can, you can you can go. Yeah, you just want to leave. You want to yeah. call yeah. us. Um, <laughs> but there's there there are times where peace is a mirage. It's just not real. And like I think of I think of um, a early counseling situation that I had in the past, where uh, a man and his wife were at. I mean, vicious odds with one another. And um, and I remember having lunch with this guy and being like, we're like, you need to go home and fight. And I mean, like, I'm not saying go home and fight with her. I'm saying you go home and you fight for your marriage. Mm. And that probably, that real life, if you're, in a, if you're in a marriage where things are not going particularly well and you say, I'm going to go home and fight for my marriage, let me just go ahead and assure you, you're walking into ugly. Mm. Like that fight, fight is the appropriate word. You're going to go and you're going to fight for your marriage. It means that there's going to be a, a lot of, exposure of sin a lot of repentance needed a lot of of reconstructing that which was destroyed like this this is what's going to have to happen but the but so many times people just don't want to do it yeah they're like i don't don't want that mess i'm like then then you can live in your mirage of peace Mm -hmm. but just know that as you live in your mirage of peace you will have none you will not have any real peace in your home because you're always living on a pin's needle waiting for, for for you know for whatever to implode and there just comes a point where you've got to be willing to fight for peace. Now, mm-hmm. I'm using the term fight. I, I'm not saying that this this is necessitating in any sense violence. That's not what I'm getting after here. Because I think, I really do think that Hebrews, um, Hebrews 10, uh, 32 through, I think like 35 is really helpful here. Because there's times where fighting, you fight and you, and you do so lawfully and to the best of your ability but I, but I do think that 32 and following is helpful here because it just says this, but recall the former days um, when after you were enlightened, you endured uh, a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed and, re- and to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. I'm going to pause there real quick. All right. So there are other times when you're just going, like, if you're standing for what's true, you're actually just going to be publicly slandered. It does not mean that you must, in, that, in every single time that you're publicly slandered, give a defense for your position. Sorry, this is a Twitter, Twitter conversation or this is a Facebook conversation, but it's like, there's no reason to drag pearls before pigs. Like, if they're going to publicly slander you over and over again, you, you are not required mm. in every one of these situations to give a defense. Sometimes it is, okay, I'll just let you say what you're going to say and I'll walk away from this. Okay. And then don't resort to fighting with the same tools. I agree. Same- Absolutely. Because you're, because the high road is a real thing and we're called to fight in, in a very ethical way mm-hmm. based upon the standard God set. So it goes on, verse 34, for you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew, and this is really important, since, the, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession mm-hmm. and, and an abiding one. Mm-hmm. And, and so going back to catching the L's, there are going to be times where you are going I hate that you say that <laughs> I'm sorry going back to losing and and suffering there's going to be times like I'll never forget hearing a guy he <clears throat> he co-signed a document you co-sign a document and they default on their payments yeah you're on it let me tell you what my counsel for you is pay it up joyfully your word is your bond your word is your bond and that is an ugly moment but the reality is that there's going to be times where and, and it may be in 
it may not be for us right now. It may be for our brothers and sisters in China or in the Middle East or wherever else. But I'm telling you right now, they're joyfully enduring the plundering of their property. Mm -hmm. They have no other recourse. They're watching men come in and take their Bibles, take their places of meeting. They're watching them take all of this. And what they're saying is, I have a better treasure in heaven. Mm -hmm. I have a better treasure in heaven. And I see all this being plundered. They will not steal the joy that I have in Christ here. Mm. I remember you, this stuck with me, Lawson, one time. It was a couple of years ago. Something was happening. It was like a big drawn out. I don't even remember what it was now. Online, just like a big defense from some kerfuffle famous pastor. And I remember you looking at me and just being like, isn't it just better to be wronged and yep. just like endure suffering as a good soldier? Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, isn't it just mm. better? Yep. I think about how often for the sake of peace that people people stay in a terrible job, mm. you know, or being mistreated at work. Yeah. You know, working as you work unto the Lord. Yeah. But not but but counted you know, as as terrible yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I just know like we you know, and then we just you know, because we don't want change. Or because you know what I'm saying, yeah, like we absolutely. stay there, and we or you stay don't there. take the or you don't take the very clear options to to yeah to gird up your, your loins yeah. and like shake the dust off. Your feet. What I have another reason why this happens, okay. and I think this is a false understanding of meekness as well. That I think there are people in that situation often who are there because there is some comfort derived from being the person in the worst situation. I mm. agree with that. There's a martyr complex. Mm. Martyrdom? Like, martyrdom <laughs> complex? Yeah. Like, I think wow. that that is, we we are inventors of evil, and that is just wow. another picture of our pride. And like, Bro, I, I'll be honest with you. It's easy to be in the worst. It's not easy. It's easy to feel proud of yourself in the worst situation mm. and not be willing to give that up because then you won't have that jewel in your crown. Mm. I hear this from pastors all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All thinking the time. Of. Like they're <laughs> just laboring right. in the fields, man. Oh man. I, you <laughs> sorry. I, I, Deep breath guys. One I didn't know reasons, we struck one a, of the things that gets me, a double cord here. One of the things <laughs> that gets me about pastors conferences is let me tell you what it is. They get around a table twice the size of this one, and they're all like, they're like pulling up their shirt, like this. See where this this sheep bit me right here, <laughs> and this and this sheep had. Well, I was fangs. dragging it out of the gutter. Yeah, I mean, like they, they what grateful they sheep? Just, they measure. They measure who has the more difficult situation. Yes, bro. And it's like, bro, I, I, hold on. All right, it's just stop. Yeah. Stop. Sit there and be Stop joyful. It. Be right. joyful and serve. And right. I heard. A, I heard a quote this morning. It was an incredible. It was just so simple. Two sentences. Wonderful. Devolving. And it was about. This is devolving. No, 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 this is good. I was going back to the title. Make sure we're it was still about. In line. It was about saying. It was about pastors caring for caring for the church, and it was just two sentences. And it was for him, for them. Mm. Huh. That's just good, and it's, it's like let me tell you what. Fragments. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. What's dumb? What's dumb is you sitting there and feeling bad for yourself, right? That's not holy. It's, it's like not holy. It's like the Pharisees bragging about their fasting. Yes, it is, bro. It's like you have your reward. Yeah. Why and is it that everyone else's pity? Why is it that situational Christian ethics are always the most fun? Because they're nuanced. 
Because you, you think have to, so. you have I to think pull because in they're biblical nuanced. theology. Yeah, and you have to check your heart. Yeah. yeah, because even because you can do all the right things yeah. and have it with a bad yeah. heart. Yeah, and like, yeah. Well, ruined. I it. was actually thinking at the <laughs> end of this. <laughs> at the end of this, we need to give a disclaimer because there's so many times where it's like, "Hey, gird up and fight," and there's other times where it's like, "Hey." You got slapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I brought that's it up. That's what I was thinking yeah, Matthew yeah. 10. It's yeah. like sometimes it's like stand there before them and then sometimes yeah. it's like flee to the next time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean. So like when it's matters of situational ethics, like like our conscience were clear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it seemed very apparent from multiple perspectives mm-hmm. that everything, that every the course of action happened to, yeah. to, to good and to glory yeah. based on objective truth and this, the objective standard of law. And therefore, like we could say like, yes, justice in the end yeah. was had. Yeah. We got the W. You know what I'm saying? Like not yeah. that everything's in like wins and losses, but anyways. I think this is where we're just mixing categories. Like there seems to be like the kingdom of the world. Yes. And the kingdom of Christ. Right. And the sense of I, I understand the cre- kingdom of Christ is all encompassing. Okay, awesome. yeah. What I'm saying is, it would <laughs> well, seem that like if we are actually, fighting, <laughs> <laughs> this is the loss and I I'm like. sorry. I'm sorry. We're, it would seem that in this category of Don's story, yeah, that's been guiding our conversation. Like there is a seeking of justice there that has nothing to do with being persecuted because of your faith. Absolutely. True. Like this individual True. isn't being persecuted because he's a Christian. Yes. But your faith, and I text him this, where do you get away from it? No, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. everything, yeah. right? I'm saying there are times when like it makes more sense to turn the other cheek when someone is saying something yeah. about you as a Christian Certainly. that's not yes. true. Slanderously and it not. makes less yes. sense when it's it's business or money or yeah, like dealings of the world does that right. make sense yeah. that's yeah, where i think yeah. like there's obviously yeah. not a secular and holy separation there but what i'm saying is there's there's seems, civil magistrate yes and, yeah. the civil kingdom but it's like let your yeah. conduct kingdom of christ yeah be represented yeah. In, well, in front of the world right so yeah. on the day of visitation like i i look at that and say like that's all encompassing that's all encompassing, that's yeah, all encompassing. I agree. Yeah, yeah i agree yeah. yeah like whether that individual knew the motivation by which we were collectively seeking justice yeah. and enforcing good. Yeah. They know you did we right. Knew. Yeah. They knew in their heart of hearts, right? Uh, for sure. And so we, we just, we, for sure. Yeah. We leave it up. Yeah. The, again, going back to situational ethics is situational Christian ethics. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. The, the one thing that I have to, that I'm cautious about Sometimes I don't think we understand what the conscience is. The conscience is not, in essence, your gut reaction. Right. Because I know a lot of people who think that if I feel it, that's my conscience. And it's like, wrong. Um, the conscience... That's the flesh. Yeah, yeah, normally. That's like going back <laughs> yeah, 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 over yeah. the threshold, right? That's right. That's exactly argument. what it is. You're going back over the <laughs> threshold. You said the other day, you broke your rule. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> and, and I mean, like. How dare you. No, but, I'm more mad. But, <laughs> and jump, you know what? I was jumping in and out of the doorway. <laughs> yeah. It's my rule to make. In, out, in, out. <laughs> but, but sometimes, like, I can, I can think of times in my own life where my immediate response to something, and I mean, I, I would even say my conscience. 
in regard to the information that I had was one way, right? Right. As time progressed and two things happened. Number one, I found out more about the situation and I was reading my Bible and I was like, oof, I misstepped here. Mm. And it's like, understand the conscience has to be trained. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like I, you are not born with an infallible conscience. Right. Your conscience, and you I probably would, made it worse. Yeah, big facts. Your conscience after your conversion, is it, it's vivified. I would agree with that. It is not an infallible conscience. Mm-hmm. There's one infallible rule of faith and practice, right? And, and that's the word of God. And so what we must be doing is having our conscience refined and reformed to the authority of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so that goes back to the verse you read about having your mind trained yeah, to discern what is yeah. good and right. I saw you turn. I knew what you were doing. Um, but that, I think it's such a helpful verse yeah, to is. the Christian life that to those who yep. have their powers of discernment, yep. which, I, which I correlate to an informed conscience. Sure, yeah. To distinguish between good and evil. Yeah. Well, my, what's the standard of good and evil? It's not willy-nilly. No, it's not subjective. It doesn't change. Yeah. It doesn't change. Yeah. It's an objective truth. This is why I like the term. <laughs> what, Blake? He's Blake's like, like <laughs> ping-pong man. I, this, I've brought him up before, but this is like the one thing from, uh, you can believe from Mount Charles, Russell Moore, that I really- Oh, he says true things. That I have really like appreciated times. in my life. <laughs> Seven. Is <laughs> Russell, Russell Moore's ethics class, he said most people- uh, jump to politics or social reasons yeah. for what they do, but we as Christians, situationally in ethics, think of, think first of Christ, then mm. of the kingdom, then the scriptures. What what does the body of the scriptures say, and then of the church? Like, what is how does this work out in my community, and then down to social and political? Mm. Did you write a book? Huh? Did you write a book? On yeah, this? just read the first couple of pages. I don't know if you no, read a, Piper. I don't know if you wrote a book on it or not. <laughs> yeah. Did he? No, I was I was gonna make a sassy joke. Uh, oh. Don't buy it because we don't want to. No, I was going to say maybe you should read it. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Anyway, <laughs> I hey, have no, no, tried no, no. Yeah, yeah, situational yeah, yeah. situations. It's all by life way. It's got to be good. Wait, I was saying something. <laughs> Wait, you were? We were talking about, I don't know. I interrupted you. You're no, welcome. Blake was doing ping pong eyes. And I, I was big like, time. I'm just sorry. We were talking about discernment. It's an objective truth that the, that the, it uh, takes time. Conscience is trained. Yeah, it's gone. It's tough for you. You want to rewind it? No, I don't know how. <laughs> I hate when he does that. No, but it's so funny. I love it. Going once. I don't I don't remember. It is helpful one. to think when we're trying to train our powers of discernment. Romans says not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. It does. does it Testing say, don't what be is conformed good and right. to the image of the world? Uh, Pattern. Pattern. Image, probably. I, I would have to look at the Greek. Relationally. The same. How so, the world works relationally. It's it's probably a good rule of thumb that your your tools for discernment are going to be off if you're not into in the scriptures. Yeah. So I have a great living parable that I lived through all right. about money is the root of all evil. So when I bought this house that I'm in now, the flower beds were, the house was built in the 70s. The flower beds were so overgrown. And I was trying to rip up all the stuff out of the flower beds and pretty much every plant has a tap root and i put a chain around one <laughs> you told me bush and it the truck like it just the, it broke like it it didn't come out of the ground <laughs> like the root stayed and it just ripped the plant like at the base and so with shovel and with axe <laughs> and hours 
It's like five feet underground at this point. Yes, and hours. I'm digging and hacking and trying to get this thing. I've got a pry bar. I mean, I'm covered in mud. My father and my son are standing outside the flower bed <laughs> like they both have master's degrees, right? Like MLGW style. Yeah, just like they just work. need like yellow cat, I mean, yellow hard hats and vests, you know, and like, like a arms sign crossed, waving traffic right. on, you know. Some good and work all of a doing. sudden, bro, I shot up out of the mud and I go, I understand now. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. I said, it's the root of all evil because it's there. Like you can't get it out. Yeah. Anyways. Blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> All right, That's what I, I have three now things. The are this beautiful. is the, con- this is the conclusion. My wife tes- texted me and telling me to come home. All right, so I've got three <laughs> three things. Number one, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> number <laughs> <Bye> one, <laughs> utilize the community that you're a part of. Indeed. And yeah. when it, when it's time to be vulnerable, it's time to be vulnerable. Like I Titus. promise you. Lay down your pride. Yeah. Lay down yeah. your pride. Come. Ask people for help. You Lay need down it. Your American and the beauty is values. on the other side of it, you'll have a deeper and more intimate relationship with somebody. Yeah, like this is, it's so important. You want to be knit together to the body. Stop pretending like everything's great all the time. It's yeah, not. We it. know better. Number two. Tell us if you're not fine. Your giftings matter. Yeah. Your giftings matter. And like, I mean, I think about, you know, Don's financial gifting and being able to will and deal is what I call it. Persuade, manipulate, depending on the connotation. <laughs> How the, it's being used. The, um, if you're getting bad grades on your essays because they're too pithy and sermonic, I can help you. Yeah, too. like, don't make it all about me. There's plenty of people no, who I, are. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah, just using yeah. the illustration, but I'm saying, like, there's so, like, Charles, would I have ever been able to put my door in? No. <laughs> Well, Charles, I told Lawson when his fence blew down, he got a contractor to come bid it. And I said, bro, Charles used to build fences. That's who you need to talk to. Bo so, used to build yeah, fences. We can bring some labor. We'll anyway, bring some labor. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, you, you, I accept. The, um, <laughs> I built a fence last the, year. The whole point of this is to say like, you have a community to go through things with and you're robbing yourself, I think, of Titus 2 and various other passages mm-hmm. of scripture of comforting and encouraging if you're not vulnerable, willing to put aside your pride and participate in the congregation. And number three... You're robbing the family too. Yeah, so. agreed. And number three, do justice. Mm-hmm. Like we, we are called to do justice. There's, and I, I told Don this, this is my shtick at this point. We're so concerned with being called brawlers from time to time that we forget that coward is actually in the list of people Ooh. that don't go into into heaven. Like I'm not. This does not. This should not make you a brawler. But you should be prepared to fight, mm-hmm. um, and you should be able to stand resolute, especially on things of first matter issues, first matter of, of importance such as gospel issues, doctrinal issues. Um, the care for your family, all of that, those are major issues and you should be willing and able to fight for those things. And when you, when it's time for you to get plundered, get plundered and do so joyfully. I have a phrase I use in my classroom and it's clear is kind. I don't know what that means. That part of, <laughs> that part of kindness is being clear with people about Agree. what the truth uh, is. Yeah. Agree. True. Agree. All right. So in conclusion, I have a Bible verse. It's Hebrews. We're just going to read it again. Unless y'all have a different one. (laughs) The whole thing. (laughs) Read the letter. Prepare your hearts. Uh, (laughs) Hebrews 5, uh, 13. No. 12. (laughs) No, 13. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish 
good from evil. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Blake McCullough and Lawson Harlow, for the time spent today. Fellas, you're a couple of cases. My brothers and my friends, Godspeed. Godspeed. Do y'all both tell your fathers that you love them? Often. Often? Yeah. Me too. I texted my father today and thanked him for taking care of me. So oh. I felt bad when Lawson texted us. Have a good dad. That he loved us. And neither one of you yeah, ever texted back. I yep. felt like, I felt like <laughs> I wasn't doing it on purpose. He was like, thanks dad. I had already told him individually like 20 minutes before that I loved him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Live so on the phone? I was like, no, no like via a text. text. But I was like, it'd be weird to say it again. And again. then Don would feel like he needed to you, say it, but I'd already said is it. Is that what know? went through your brain? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, so real life, a story from when I was at Delta State, there was a, um, uh, a girl there that it was no not like that oh goodness it was a dear friend sister in the lord and <laughs> even if you worse kn- if you know me if you if you know me for very long I mean, at she all she was marriage quality no no <laughs> um, if you if you've known me for any time at all like I'm probably gonna tell you that I love you like that's just a general thing that I do yeah um, and so I I said I love you to this sister and Beth knows the story. We talk about it anyway. Because he points to his phone. Yeah, as I point to his phone. Like, <laughs> but, but, like, don't worry about calling but her she right came, now. <laughs> she came up to me probably like two months after. I mean, because I, it was a group of people that I said this to. Oh, and no. she came up to me afterwards. No, no, no. And she said, oh, she said, I have never had a man platonically tell me that he loves me. Huh. And it, and it matters. Is she married now? She is. Her husband is an awesome guy. Crazy. One of the one of the coolest people on the planet. Hey. Anyway, I was texting when I come up with a thought about a member of our church. I normally text him, mm-hmm. and uh, I texted like eight dudes today, and like three of them told me they love me. Yep. Back. Same. That wow. was really sweet. Wow. What's mm-hmm. happening? My internal rules. We should probably put this on the other side of the <laughs> paywall. <laughs> paywall. No, no, no. I say on the other side of the intro. It's <laughs> probably actually helpful. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't say, I love you. I mean, I like to I would, I people outside of their immediate family. Oh, yeah. And maybe That's even fair. inside immediate family. I'll be there's honest, a struggle. Sometimes. You have a hot. I mean, I love, I love my family and tell my family <laughs> I love them regularly. <laughs> but. I mean, I, I probably say I love you more to people in this congregation than I do to my own family. That's that's not like that's because I see them more. But I think that I is think you get that right greeting. though pastorally. Yeah, I do. I think it's probably less common. I think it's probably very common for you, and I understand where you're coming from. Oh. But I think it's probably less common intercongregationally speaking. I would say that it, that was a good word. Yeah. But I think it I think it's equivalent <laughs> to greeting each other with a holy kiss. I think that it would kind of go hand in hand with that as a sh- as a sign and a showing of affection. I don't know. I think I think there actually is. So Blake and I uh, planned out Romans twelve last last yesterday. last week yesterday, and it was three and a half months. So prepare yourself for that. Fourteen sermons and um, but good work, Blake. But I'm glad you're rubbing yeah, off yeah. on him. Show brotherly affection <laughs> administratively, like that's the language. <laughs> As I keep talking for no reason, <laughs> I'm um, listening. Show brotherly affection. Yes. Like I think that's that's valuable in in our very, I think perhaps understand in our in our day masculinity and stoicism 
yeah. tends to go hand in hand, and I don't think that it biblically does. Mm. Why do you think people? This is all bonus material. Why do you think people Patreon are um, not very not very open with their "I love you"s? Do you think there's a level of commitment that they just? I mean, the word actually has power. It does mean something, mm, and it carries. Would agree. So it's just like, why do? Why do you think like father daughter? You know, like inside the immediate family, like mm-hmm. why do you think people struggle with saying "I love you"? Because once, like, it's it's like never said, it's never said. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what's so weird. Yeah, like, I don't. I I'll be honest. I don't even. You I don't know what to do. I with can't that? even connect that. Uh, this is know? like this is borderline. Yeah. Like always preach the gospel. Sometimes use words. And it's yeah. like no, no, no. Words are words are incredibly powerful. Yeah, and they need to be like we need to be able to communicate affection and. You know, it's like, I, there's not a day that goes by that Beth or Rowan or, or pretty much whoever I, if, I'm in, if I talk to you, the odds are I'm going to tell you that. But inside of my household, like Beth and Rowan hear that every day, probably, Beth would almost probably say maybe too much. Oh, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Like it loses its meaning or something? No, I mean, I just, if we, if we get off the phone, there is an I love you before I get off, oh, before yeah. get oh, off really? the phone, 100% of the time. Huh. And and there have been historically they have been home too long. Maybe we don't even talk on the phone anymore. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was gonna say it's same for me unless yeah. I'm like about to pull in the house. I'm like, she'll see me in a minute. Hang yeah. up, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'll say. Stop talking, I'm here. <laughs> Tell me when I get inside. Anyways, Lawson, see, I can't even do it. I struggle to be serious. No, you say it. You tell <clears> me. <throat> Lawson, I love you. I appreciate that. I love you too. <laughs> It's so easy for me to do. Like I don't even. This is like I don't second, struggle with it. Like I really felt bad. Like we had gone past that immediate it happened twice. response. It happened twice. What do you mean it happened twice? I texted y'all a while back and didn't get a re- exact oh, same really? thing. Never got a response. Yeah, well, he wrote in his journal. <laughs> no, I, I wrote. Love in, keeps no records. I wrote, wrongs, no, I wrote it in my memory. It's there forever. <laughs> All right, here we go. That was a it's mini podcast. Mini podcast on love. Did you know Jollar General is supposedly Jolly like General? a Jollar General? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is supposedly like a scourge on society. Yeah, it's it's self multiplying now. <laughs> they just <laughs> there's no CEO. It's just, they just pop up. It just it just became. <laughs> you walk into one and part of it sloughs off. <laughs> they reproduce asexually now. <laughs> it low key does look like someone just dropped a seed somewhere 100%. like five miles outside of town. It's like boom, there it, it is. But it grows, but it grows overnight. Yeah. It's like, wait, that wasn't there yesterday. It is now. 